for the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio, your real talk station, with 24 hours of commercial free programming. Shit like a homeless man trying to change his life. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Check out ShantiGreen.com for the link to Amazon's amazingly easy online shop. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green. All right, everyone, we're doing it live here in the Green Room. I'm your host, Sean Green. Feel free to give us a call, 323-203-0815. I'm here in the studio with my left-hand man, Logan Lysico. Hey-o! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Logan's like a fortune cookie. You never know what's going to be inside, but you're just... It's a treat. Either way, it's win-win. And uh, also sitting in today is Casey Faye. Thanks for coming in, Casey. Hey, thanks for having me. Not as much as a fortune cookie. But, uh, no. no, that's not true. <laughs> Casey, do you like fortune cookies? As a very picky eater, is fortune cookies, is that on your list of acceptable foods? I can handle it. Yeah, I like that. All right, I like nice. a fortune cookie. Although I don't, I don't know enough about uh, Asian cuisine to know what should get a, a fortune cookie and what shouldn't. Right. So oftentimes I'm like, where's the fortune cookie? And then they're like, this is a... This is the non-fortune country. Japanese. Well, I, I realize I you're know. not an expert in Asian cuisine when we go to a Thai place and he orders buffalo wings. <laughs> Apparently not their specialty. I wouldn't recommend it. That's Chinese. <laughs> Chinese are known for the buffalo wings? Yeah, of course. Well, uh, we here at the show are known for great radio program. We have an amazing show for you uh, today. We have um, from Saturday Night Live, Half Baked. And his um, recent Comedy Central special, Jim Brewer, calling in. So uh, stay tuned for that. If you guys have a question you want me to ask Jim, uh, feel free to give us a call now. Um, we only have one phone line, so, <laughs> so get in. You can't. You won't be able to talk directly to an A-list star like myself. I have the privilege of doing that, but you know, you can be a proxy, work through me. So leaving that opportunity up to you, man. I uh, besides doing this. I got a uh, I got a big weekend coming up. I'm uh, flying home tomorrow for my buddy's uh, Zach's bachelor party. Or no, wait, sorry, <laughs> wedding. <laughs> Focusing on the fun part. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, you know, I'm I'm going home for the wedding. I have to do the I'm the best man in the wedding, so I have to do the speech. So it's I've been pressure. Kind of, yeah, That's I know cool. it is a lot of pressure. I was telling Casey it's a lot of pressure because. The thing with, well, when it comes to speeches, like weddings, like that, you only remember the disasters. Like, if I go up there and pull a Michael Richards, which I'm hoping I'm not going to. I'm assuming I'm not going to. <laughs> um, I'd have to be really rattled for that to somehow come up. But I'm saying, like, there the really is, like, no one's, it's hard to remember a good um, wedding toast. You only remember the awful train wreck. So it's a lot of pressure. And uh, it was funny. I got a call the other day from the wedding DJ. I pick up the phone, and literally the guy's already going, like, 100 miles a minute. He's like, hey, what's up? Hey, this is uh, Paris, the, uh, like the city. No, this isn't a sales call. Hey, just talking to you about Zach and Danielle's wedding. Get ready for the big day, huh? All right. Yeah, so we're going to have you go up there, uh, say a few words, okay? And, uh, yeah. And uh, here's the thing. You know, if you want to... Uh, if you want to uh, throw in some sound effects, some music cues from a a, <laughs> a movie or something, I was like, oh my god! Now now I'm like panicking more. Like, wait, I don't have a multimedia presentation. I, I was just gonna go up there and I don't know, kind of bust on his balls for a little while, and then you know, try to throw in some sweet sentiment and end it. He goes, oh yeah, well whatever, man, whatever, you know, uh, yeah, it's your it's your time, and uh, you know, just wanna have fun, and uh, you know, like uh, last week, he he just had this kind of constant energy going up, like he, you know, you. 
you know, like comedians, they have trouble not, you know, doing material off stage. I right. think wedding DJs have trouble not bringing that kind of level of energy that they they have in the wedding DJ mode to normal <laughs> conversations. But he, he he brought up this example. He was like, um, yeah, and uh, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, Best man was up there doing the speech, and he was telling a story, and he said, uh, you know, I, I, the first time I met her was when I was witness to their marriage license, and they go, are these two related? And then that's when I come in with dueling banjos. <laughs> <laughs> we had a big laugh. So if there's anything like that you want, then now I'm just like racking my brain trying to think of music cues that would be appropriate. Or I just wonder what that guy was like if, if he expected you to be like. That's hilarious! <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna no, I'm doing the dueling banjos joke. So I was up. like, can I use it? Can right. I use that? Can we? And then and then after that, he went into a good like five minutes discussing mic technique for me. Like he's all right now. When you're talking, you want to hold the mic right in front of you. Okay, talk directly into the mic. You don't want it, it like all over the place. Which, I, I mean, I guess you know, being a noted uh, comedy superstar like myself. <laughs> It's kind of, uh, you know, I already know that, obviously. Right. But you didn't have your business card? The average right. Joe wouldn't know that, though. That's why. Yeah, I know. Man, I mean, still, uh, weddings. I, I mean, like, yeah, talking about doing a, a best man speech or, I guess, any speech at a wedding, I've, I've been to hundreds of weddings, and I really don't remember any of them. I mean, the weddings in general. I right. I remember the, the wedding party and the bachelor party and stuff. That's what the open I, bar's for. Right, exactly. But uh, I think, you know, the thing is tell a joke and then say something sentimental and welcome her to the family or whatever. <laughs> Isn't that Even though we're not related, yeah, but yeah, welcome yeah. to the family. That's yeah, what you exactly. do. I always um, felt like I, I, I'd never had a sister, but now I finally <laughs> have one. You know that kind of thing. You're good. All right, man. Uh, speaking of going back to the East Coast, I uh, I was gonna play this new uh, MTV show is coming out, and I was gonna play a clip of this the other week, but I saw this up on YouTube, and I was like, oh my god, this has to be a parody. There's no way this is an actual show. Um, but no, actually, I did a little more research, and in fact, this is an actual show that's uh, premiering shortly. MTV is taking you inside a shore house like you've never seen. Okay, makes I've, you know, I've seen shore houses, never. but I've never seen this shore house. All right, I'm on board. The hottest, tannest, craziest guidos. <laughs> First off, like I, I know no one's sticking up for the Italian Americans in this one, you know, but isn't Guido kind of a racial slur? Am I wrong? Yeah, I thought it was. But I feel like they they, they embrace it, so they're all right. Right, yeah. I mean, like I bet I when we think... play, there'll be like three different guys giving quotes about like, yeah, I'm a huge Guido. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, well, black people refer to themselves as the N word sure, sometimes too. Sure. It doesn't mean it's necessarily. Uh, yeah, that's true. Good but point. obviously, there's. I'm just saying, no one really cares about the Italians. I guess they're not that sensitive. <laughs> they keep their hair high. It takes me about 25 minutes to do my hair. Their muscles juice. Pretty much, I'm ripped up like Rambo. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much, I'm ripped up like Rambo. Like that's the best. Analogy. You've been lifting weights your whole life. That's the only analogy you got is Rambo. And they're fist pumping all summer long. Fist pumping like champs. What does that mean? What does fist pumping. pumping mean? It means a guy is just taking his fist and pumping it in the air. Like <laughs> it was weird on YouTube. One of the reply videos was that uh, parody of the guy who wears his sunglasses at night. You know, the guy who it's basically making fun of these guys. Yeah. But they're doing the ex – it's almost like they're like, oh, okay, that's how people make fun of us, so that's how I should be. Like it's this bizarre – they're like imitating themselves, but they're trying to do it earnestly. Logan is hating your occupation? <laughs> I didn't catch what he said, actually. Oh, he goes... We need the work. It's a full-time job, man. He's got a... He's looking for I got a full-time job for you. MTV's new series, Jersey Shore. Full-time job for me. Yeah, if hating <laughs> is your occupation, like... For a whole new crazy. 
Thursday, December 3rd at 10, only on MTV. Yeah, I, I just can't believe it took... I mean, MTV had shore houses in, like, the 80s. They did mm-hmm. New Jersey shore houses. Yeah, they, no, they did they documentaries did a, a on true it. Life on the, I remember the guy's like, where's my cheese bowls? He's just wasted. <laughs> where's my cheese bowls? That's all I remember. Who's got my cheese bowls? Yeah, no, it's... it's they're going back to their roots. How did it take so long for them to come up with this idea, though? And they're pitching it like it's a brand new... I mean, this is what real worlds revol- evolved to, right? Like, they used to have people that they thought were interesting, and now they just keep getting musclier dudes and... Well, yeah, now it's like people, they're in on the joke. They want to be reality stars. Yeah. They're trying to play to the camera. Um, man, I, I have a lot of memories of, um, from going to the Jersey Shore and just hanging out. I remember um, the uh, Jersey Shore, that was the first time I was introduced to, like, uh, homophobic novelty t-shirts. <laughs> like, they would have these t-shirt stands and they would just have, um, you know, t-shirts like, God made Adam and Steve. Or no, God made... <laughs> That wasn't the Jersey Shore. <laughs> no, no, no. That's West Hollywood. It would be like God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Right. Or the other one, which is kind of funny. It's a uh, silly faggot dicks are for chicks. And it has like, <laughs> it has like a, a tricks. Re- I, I'm sure the people at Tricks didn't license this, uh, <laughs> this T-shirt, but it has like a disapproving uh, rabbit finger. Like, no, don't do that. Oh, man. And uh, Okay. Fine, goof on gay guys, but to wear like a a it's like a hate filled T shirt to like walk around, like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I you know if uh, people it's just like being angry about someone else's sexuality is so weird to me. Like I don't care what you do in your house, let alone who you have sex. Like you get hit by a bus, it doesn't affect me. I don't care. Do whatever you want to whoever you want. Just stay out of you know. I just love the idea of like I'm gonna show them. I'm gonna put on a comical T-shirt that proves my point. <laughs> well, and I I don't think anyone's really won over by it. It's like oh man that. that that rabbit was right, you know. So was my dad. Man, this I can choose a bet. Well, get me in that straight is great Bible camp. I'm giving this up. The other thing I remember was um, they had, uh, you know, like any kind of a boardwalk or shore or something. Right. Um, they have your kind of carnival games. So, you know, they have the classic ones like, um, you know, like a milk jug, throw the softball at the milk jug, the ring thing, the, you know, ping pong balls yeah. and stuff. And they're all kind of designed to win beer bongs. Um <laughs> But the the one that really stood out for me was Shoot the Monkey. And uh, Shoot the Monkey was they got some immigrant labor, dressed him up in a monkey costume, <laughs> oh my God. put him, like, l- literally 30 feet. You're sitting there, like, 15 to 20 feet away with a high-powered uh, paintball gun, and he's just trying to hide behind trees. <laughs> for $5, you get, like, a 1,000 count of paintballs, and oh. you just go off on the, And, you know. It's the modernized duct tape. <laughs> That's what it's yeah. I just, I just remember, I just <laughs> remember, so I, re- I remember like seeing him with the helmet off, just uh. like sitting down, like he's just like dripping down sweat, cause it's, it's you know, it's it's humid, it's yeah. 95 degrees, you're dancing around while Guidos are firing paintballs at you. Oh man. And you're like, I came here for the American dream. This <laughs> is the American dream to make nine dollars an hour, getting shot dressed up in a goddamn monkey costume. That man went on to be Barney the Dinosaur. You know, so, so. It's like I, I have a lot of character work. Um, <laughs> I've been shot at on Jersey Shore. So what's the over-under on fights on the on that MTV reality show? Cause well, I mean, they have like one or two every real-world season now. Yeah. And this like is Jersey Shore. Right, and these guys, oh, I mean, in the promos there was like three or four fights. So <laughs> right. I feel like Vegas isn't going to be able to set a real line on this. Right. You know, the one guy, I don't know if it was that or the documentary they did on this. He goes, I'm going out tonight. I'm either getting drunk or, or no, he goes, I'm getting drunk tonight. I'm going out. I'm either getting laid or getting in a fight. 
<laughs> Either way, it's a win. And I just feel bad for because you know he's gonna go for getting laid first. Right. Obviously, that's right. the first choice, and then that, and that doesn't work out. All that all that lack of uh, release <laughs> and anger is just pounded onto the next guy. Where's my cheese balls? <laughs> cheese balls. Cheese balls. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Casey, you and I were uh, partying this weekend. Yeah. We went out uh, Friday night, uh, checked out an improv show, and then uh, mm-hmm. we hung out. And it was me and some of uh, Casey's other improv buddies. And this also this girl who came with us who was just amazingly beautiful, like just super pretty. <laughs> Logan's eyes are lighting up. <laughs> no, I was there, remember? Wait, you were there? Yeah. <laughs> On Friday night? Yeah. Was he there? At Embar, right? No. no, no, that oh. was Thursday night. Oh, my bad. Oh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> totally derailed the story, Logan. My totally bad. That's Sorry. all right. I was like, I was pretty fucked up on Friday night, so I was like, was Logan there? Well, Thursday night there was, was like, a really hot chick. He could have been there. I, I thought you guys went together. I don't know. Anyway, uh, back to my story. <laughs> on Friday night we were there, and I totally fell in love with this chick to the point where like. Well, as, immediately when I saw her, the first thing was not like I want to hook up with this chick. It was I want to impregnate this chick. Like I, <laughs> I just wanted to impregnate her because then Whoa. I thought like, okay, if she has my kid, then she's gonna have. It was just this primal urge Whoa. that took over. Like, all right, impregnate her. Then she has to be with somehow in my life for the next 18 years. Like that's the plan we're gonna use. <laughs> and it was weird. Like when you see a really hot chick like that and you're out with a group of guys. It, like panic sets in. You're almost like, wait, do other guys realize how insanely hot this chick is? <laughs> and apparently they did because this chick just got bombarded with, I mean, not bombarded because, you know, it's these kind of performers and me, I don't kick a strong game myself. So it's all these kind of like, hey, what's up? Oh, hey, you know, like getting in, like every guy was flirting with her. And I just realized like that this woman's idea of how a conversation works must be so insanely different than how I, how I see a conversation going. Like, I, I caught myself at one point going, oh, my God, I love balloons, too. They're so fun. I hate balloons. I don't like balloons. Balloons were in the bar. People were playing with them. That's stupid. You should be drinking whiskey and being angry. You should be playing with balloons. But this woman made me want to live again. I was like, yeah, balloons. They're so fun. Oh, you can play them and release them. You know, and just whatever she said, I was like, yeah, that's the greatest idea ever. Yeah. Yeah, I have a, um, I have a couple of friends like her, uh, and every time anyone ever meets them, uh, girls and guys. I was like, oh, she's just the nicest person. It's the nicest. And I'm like, yeah, of course. They <laughs> like, what do they ever have to be mad about? Right. If everyone agreed with me all the time, I'm just like, ah, that's such a good joke, Sean. You're so charming. You don't even have to work for it. Ah. Like, yeah, I would just be super nice and laid back. But I guess that's if you're gonna go one way, might as well go that way, right? Rather yeah. Than be, like desensitized. Well, yeah, the yeah. Then like, universe. oh, I get complimented all the time. Blah right. blah blah. You know. She was pretending like she didn't realize she was hot, which, oh, man, that totally worked on me. And then we uh, we went to some improv party, and, uh, you know, they're always a good time. The The thing is with – you go to a Santa party, there's, like, no chicks, really. Mm-hmm. You go to an improv party, there's chicks, but it's a, it's a weird breakdown. Like, it's still, it's still fairly dude-heavy, but there are some chicks. And then, you know, a lot of them are kind of like character actressy type <laughs> and, uh, you know, interesting people, fun to talk to. I think you I think you see what I'm getting at. Um, and then there's a couple chicks who are just like drop dead gorgeous who are like, oh, I'm a model. Like, yeah, I should be an actress, but in, uh, acting class is boring. I'll do improv. And then these chicks are just like they're like a light in a cave, and just these these male improv moths just surround her and just. Oh man! As opposed to the stand-up party where just everyone's in different corners, no, yeah. one's, no one's talking to each other. Right. I don't, that guy's not funny. I don't like that guy. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. Oh, did you see what he, he's on Comedy Central? He sucks. Oh, he doesn't deserve that. 
But uh, yeah, no. But I mean, I mean, it's true though. A lot of guys do suck, and they don't deserve what they got. So. <laughs> someone's got to, someone's got to speak up. Uh, I mean, come on. And now John's gonna read off the list of people <laughs> who don't deserve what they have. No, I mean, I don't have to li- read off the list. It's basically people I'm not friends with, or people I don't know, and not Jim Brewer. All those people <laughs> suck. Uh, everyone else is really cool and deserve what they have, and you know, yeah, go yeah. out and get it, man. Yeah, there you go. I uh, also Casey was talking to a girl there in the party, and. Casey, I don't know if you remember, you you might have gotten a little tipsy there, but I was I was really priding myself on being an excellent wingman. Like, oh man! I was I was scrambling her data sensors, <laughs> like her radar was jammed, man. I was all over the map. I kept it was weird, like I was I was trying to hype you up and promote the talk radio program at the same time. That. I do remember talking. About I was that. like, this guy, he's gonna be on the show. He's always really good on the talk radio show. And yeah, it's Thursdays at eight on LATalkRadio.com. But yeah, you know, and we got Jim Brewer calling in, and you know, oh yeah, you, oh you don't know who Jim Brewer is. How do you not know who Jim Brewer is? And get like getting angry at her for no reason. Did she really not know that? I don't know. I, don't, I, I think I think she didn't know who he was, and then I was getting angry. How can you say you're in comedy? You don't know. Who there was some drinking was. going on at this party though too. So, and then I kept, I brought up like I read to kids. What do you do for charity? Like, <laughs> I was essentially I was just getting her in like kind of sporadic arguments, and then you know. Casey was uh, moving in for the uh, kill. So Sean's wingman and he gets to yell at a girl and then let me come in. Hey, did, was she distracted? So no, yeah, yeah, no. exactly. no, she wanted. She was dying to leave and I was no. like, oh, you can't leave. <laughs> you know. No, it worked. Everything was ha- everything was happy. I don't. I don't remember much from that. I do remember I somehow gave out a bunch of T-shirts. I had a ton of T-shirts to give to the goodwill. And instead, I just brought them into the party, or someone brought them into the party. I don't know if no, no, Casey did. Oh, okay. This is how it went down. It was um, it was a party. It was mm-hmm. an improv group where they were throwing a fundraiser. The fundraiser being for their improv group, you know, so they can pay for stage time or whatever, renting out theaters, that kind of stuff, coaching or whatever. So their idea was like, hey, we'll throw a fun party. We'll set up a blackjack table in this guy's back room where no one knows how to play blackjack, and they totally screw me out of my money. Or, you know, raffle off. They were, like, raffling off pornos for some reason. Um, you know, that kind of fundraising. I don't know what Casey thought it was a charity event or whatever. He's like, oh, I have some polo shirts I'm going to give to the Goodwill. I'll just bring them into the party and give them to these guys. They're like, Casey, why? You're so lazy. Just dry. There's these yellow bins everywhere in Los Angeles where you can just dump off clothes like that. Yeah, but improv people are poor. And it was uh, it worked, it worked great until, uh, like, well, one guy was getting two good compliments on one of the T-shirts I gave up. And then I was like, oh, man, why did I, why did oh, I give no. up that T-shirt? Backfired. But no, it worked well. I'm glad. Everyone's happy. Everyone is happy. Well, everyone's happy except the poor women in Afghanistan. That's right. And uh, you know who's who's the voice for them? Who's who Sean do you think? Green? No, <laughs> no, no, not at all. I don't know. Civil leaders or Mandela maybe would even mention. Something yeah, you'd think or, Secretary uh, of State, something like that. Jesse no, Jackson. Or... No, in fact, Ron Artest just released a song about women in Afghanistan. If you don't know Ron Artest, uh, you should know him. He's an uh, NBA basketball player known for uh, fighting uh, fans in the stands one season. <laughs> He's still a pretty good player, um, pretty crazy. He also released a song about Michael, 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 you my N-word, uh, <laughs> right after Michael Jackson died. So this is his follow-up smash hit. Uh, this is Ron Artest. I, I actually, to be fair, I'm going to play this song for you, but to be fair, I cut out a 40-second uh, chunk of just women in Afghanistan talking that he had as the beginning part of his music video. Um, so here you go. Okay. 
Okay, for just a quick visual picture, these most horrific war-torn images you've seen of poor women in Afghanistan cutting back and forth with Ron Artest just kicking it in a park in L.A. <laughs> I'm sitting here not looking at the screen bobbing my head, like not knowing the horrors that you're looking at. Yeah, yo, to my Afghan woman, queen type woman, beauty like a princess running through the Suzanne. Please take my hand, cause I need you. Can't stand the way you mistreated you. Gotta make you feel like you don't even feel like, feel like, feel like. A lady like my box wife instead You sit in front of hot lights Wishing you was dead And it kills me, kills me I wish that I was there so you could feel me Feel me Oh. my fingers do yoke Doesn't it almost sound like he's trying to seduce these Afghan <laughs> sure, women? Yeah, yeah. I wish you over there so you could feel me, feel me Like, I, I just love this. That's what they want I just love the optimism. Like, I look at Afghanistan and, like, all right, if Barack Obama and our government can't figure it out, I'm checking out of the problem. But, no, <laughs> Ron Artest is so optimistic that he thinks not only are people in Afghanistan able to listen to his music, but they are so influenced by his music that they're willing to change their barbaric ways. Like, God damn it, how awesome would that be if this song... People rose to the streets, the Taliban ended, all because of Ron Artest. And the funny thing would be, if that happened, Ron Artest would not be surprised. <laughs> yeah, that's what he He would expects. be like, yeah, that's the music reaching out to people. Now that's your face so clear, so clear. Open your eyes, you the woman of my years. Take your hands off her, show her love, show her love. And I know it's not all y'all. Oh. Wow. Take your hands off her, show her love. If they were capable of love, they wouldn't be. <laughs> oh, man. To be fair to, to Ron Artest, I do believe it was a Color Me Bad song that ended the first Iraq war. So oh, okay. Yeah, that's you, true. <laughs> R&B, R&B love ballads have been, known to, have been known to bring people together before. <laughs> oh, man. Ron Artest is such a hilarious dude. Like, uh, the, the funny thing to me about this song is that, like, he obviously, I, like, someone, he just found out about this. Like, he just found out that there's women in Afghanistan. Yeah, I mean, if are, he, if, if anything, like, the, the war in Afghanistan, let's see, 9-11, 2001, we were pretty right. over there pretty quick. This is literally eight years in the making, like, and he's just been sitting on the cure for saving <laughs> Afghani women? What kind of a-hole is he? He was just listening to beats. He was trying to find the right beat for it. Yeah, he just realized, you he know. He found it. What are they doing to themselves? <laughs> I believe I think it's the Taliban doing it to them. I don't think they're choosing to be abused. No one would choose that. Oh my god. The worst thing about these songs is that they they're catchy and they yeah. get in my head. <laughs> like that Michael 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 song. I'll yeah. be singing it just in the, you know and yeah. I'll, I'll just oh I try to tease them but they they literally they hook me. He's, yeah, uh, they call them they call them hooks for a reason, Casey. Yeah. Michael, 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 you my N-word. Michael, 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 you the real one. You know that we miss you. <laughs> it's like, what? Oh, my God. Man. Oh, jeez. Uh, let's see. What else happened? This <laughs> He got so into the song. <laughs> His eyes were closed. He was dancing around. I was a little, I was a little taken back. You yeah, know? that's what he does. I don't know. Uh, let's see. What else? Well, there was also the uh, big fight this weekend, the Manny uh, Pacquiao-Koto fight. Did you uh, watch that fight, Logan? No, I missed it. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> what, it's, what always great, there? it's always great dynamic. Oh yeah, what happened? I text Logan and then Logan never texts me back. Oh, I was just working. Oh okay. I was just editing. Well, you know, reply text wouldn't hurt saying I'm just working. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's all right. No, I don't feel ignored over here. Um, <laughs> I don't remember if I got it. I probably didn't read it till. Anyway. It's all right. Um, but anyway, Pacquiao Cotto, big title fight. Uh, we got the fight, and you know, obviously going into it, Pacquiao, big favorite. Um. You know, because obviously he's he's really good, Cotto, but Cotto's the bigger guy, so he's seen like, oh, maybe he has a chance. And I was like, oh, whatever. Hey, I, I'm I ordered the fight. I may as well gamble on it. Um, you know, you can't enjoy sports without gambling <laughs> on it. The thing was, then I started looking at the odds. The odds were so much in favor of Pacquiao. I was like, oh, that's not fun. I'm not gonna bet on Pacquiao because he's supposed to win. Like, you can't. That doesn't feel like a fun bet. And then I was looking over, like, Cotto, the huge underdog, he was 4-1 to one to win by a knockout. And everyone was saying, like, oh, you know, Cotto, he's a lot better than people think, and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, all right, 4-1 to one bet, I'll throw that on there. Mm-hmm. First couple of rounds, back and forth. Cotto actually wins the second round, maybe even the third round. And then and then he gets he gets Pacquiao up against the ropes. He's just throwing shots at Pacquiao, and Pacquiao's just kind of letting, essentially letting Cotto punch himself tired. And he had him backed up against the ropes. Then you realize, like, oh, my God. Cotto, he's about to die. And essentially, he just gets <laughs> mauled on by uh, Pacquiao. Pacquiao just starts wailing on him, starts beating him up. After the fifth round, um, Pacquiao's dad comes into the corner like he's the corner man. He, <laughs> Cotto puts his arm around him and kisses his dad on the cheek. I was like, all right. The other guy's dad? No, no, no. His dad. Oh, okay. But I was like, that's a sign that this guy is right. not going to knock. And then he hung around for seven rounds until they finally stopped the fight of just the guy getting murdered. But... I'd like to see the correlation of fighters kissing their dads <laughs> on the cheek and fighters who won the title. <laughs> I gotta imagine it's low. Like I can't remember the the time I've kissed my dad on the cheek, but if I'm going to kiss my dad on the cheek, you it's might. not it's you not because I'm confident I'm about to achieve some great sporting <laughs> right. accomplishment. Like, hey, dad, I'm about to hit a home run. Give me a kiss, old man. That's no, more. I might die, so I've <laughs> yeah, never done really, this. I've never done this before. It's really like I'm gonna kiss you, dad. Please look after my wife and kids. <laughs> I'm gonna go stand up in this ring for seven more rounds and Yeah, he got mauled. And I was looking at the odds. There there were odds there for um twenty eight to one you could bet on the draw. Like what I, I mean, I have I enjoy gambling, but what kind of sick demented addict bets on a draw for a title fight? How would you even root for that? Yeah, well every time someone punches one guy, you're like, Now nah, you punch him. <laughs> no, no, wait, punch him. Yeah, like <clears throat> Don't, like, don't break it up. Don't break him up. Let him. Let it's him the hug. same. It's the same thing like betting on an under in uh, you know any sort of sporting right. event. You're just rooting against both teams to score, which is tough. I mean, I guess you're you're cheering for their defense, but that's not really quite as fun. No. All right. Oh man. Uh, let's see. Uh, we're looking at uh, 4:26. All right. Uh, we'll uh, we'll take a, a quick talk about um, your favorite Logan, Amazon.com. Awesome. Yeah. Hold on, let me uh, cue the music. You mean Amicron? (laughs) Yeah. Amicron.com. Oh, man. I uh, think you know, guys, the holiday season is coming up, and uh, what better way to enjoy the holiday season than those packed lines at the mall? The hot, sweaty humanity grubbing for these gifts. You don't want to do that. You know what? I remember my buddy got me a, a hat once for a Christmas gift. And then I went and ret- tried to return the hat. They wouldn't let me return it. I wanted to return it for a, a, a hat size that fit my head. They wouldn't let me do it. And then I was like, all right, well, let me just exchange it for this hat that costs less money. 
She's like, no, sorry, can't, can't, can't do that. She, she said she could only exchange it for the exact price it was. Long story short, uh, she ended up giving me my change. I threw it in her face, <laughs> threw the hat at her, and said, I'm never coming back here. <laughs> so I'm not allowed back in the Redondo Beach Mall. <laughs> and I know there's more of you out there. You've been banned from uh, certain retail establishments for yelling or, uh, you know, degrading certain uh, horrible customer service. You've threatened to shoot the place up because you don't like the way you're treated because you're a customer. Well, thankfully, there's another place for you. So the place is called Amazon.com. And how do you get there? Well, you go to shantigreen.com, you click the Amazon icon, it's one-click shopping, and you're already in there. And then whatever you know, whatever you buy or whatever helps keep the green room alive and ticking, and uh, I know I appreciate it. We got uh, Bill Simmons' A Book of Basketball, great deal on that. Artie Lang's Jack and Coke, you got that. You got our uh, guest who's going to be calling in, Jim Brewer. You got his uh, stand-up special, Let's Clear the Air. You also have his uh, movie that he was in, Half-Baked. You got all this stuff there. Make sure you check out Amazon.com. And you can uh, go there, SeanTGreen.com. All right, thanks. It's a good live read, right? Yeah, that story. I like that. Uh, <laughs> I like the throw the change in the face. That's a bold move. Well, it's a certain type of customer that uh, that I'm appealing to, but I, I feel like they're out there. <laughs> you can yell all you want at Amazon.com. They're not going to care. Yeah, exactly. And you probably don't even no, need wait, to. No, wait, Logan, they do care. They have awesome customer service. You won't need to yell. No, but I'm saying online shopping really is much easier for... I mean, have you ever had a great time at the mall since you were like 12 years old? When was the last time you were like excited to go to the mall? I worked at the Mall, mall of America. And how was it, Casey? Two and a half years. Um, I stayed underneath. The, I stayed underground for most of the time. <laughs> uh, I did go up every once in a while. It was a hilarious uh, piece of humanity there at the Mall of America. But no, yeah, they, I think now the biggest shopping day of the year, it used to be always Black Friday, and now it's like the day after everyone does <coughs> internet shopping, and that's the, hey, everybody, it's the wave of the future. Get on it. <laughs> Right, Logan? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Logan, uh, let's quickly talk about your eyebrows. They seem to be coming in. You're getting a lot of compliments. This is a weird thing to get complimented on. People it's are coming so up to you. It's so weird for me. I don't know if they're thinking, if they're secretly thinking, like, oh, you're such an idiot. But I'm going to tell you you're cool so that you think. <laughs> it's a weird thing to get complimented okay. on, like, hey, uh, look at that. His eyebrows are growing in. Congratulations. <laughs> Doing it, big guy. <laughs> well, a lot of people are just like, wow, that's really awesome that you went all out for your Who Halloween thing. <laughs> uh, several people. And I'm every time someone says it, I'm just like, what? No, it's not. This is embarrassing for me. And you're like. So wait, what, uh, let's say. They, they have to be just saying that like, because they feel so bad. Now, wait, do you, <laughs> Logan, so am I getting this right? Were you, Are you angry that you uh, shaved your eyebrows? Do you regret shaving your eyebrows? It's a mistake. I'm Ooh. glad I did it. Oh, oh, wow. No regrets. He's a man who wouldn't do it again. Yeah, no regrets. Moves forward. Because Lives life. you know what? All of your listeners can learn from my mistake. Don't shave your eyebrows. It takes <laughs> it takes a long time. This is probably the most uncomfortable PSA I've ever been a part of. <laughs> <laughs> be in Logan's obituary. They got taught, some cool taught s- thousands never to shave their eyebrows. I got some good stories of, out of it. Oh, Still yeah. probably some more to come. So. Oh, there are. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They're not as fully grown in. I'm not gonna shave them. Again. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. We uh, we can talk football here for a second. Uh, Jared Allen, he's a uh, starting defensive end for the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, I came across this video on the internet. I forget who uh, someone posted on their Facebook or something. But if you don't know Jared Allen, he's a real wild man. And he has like a huge mullet. Kind of plays by his own rules. So here's Jared Allen talking about said mullet. 69, that's just the beginning of my story. 69, that's the number he goes by. you gotta, you got to kind of give it up for a guy that still thinks that's funny as a grown man. <laughs> yeah. And it is funny. The mullet 
isn't just a hairdo. It is definitely a lifestyle. You're carrying on like a legacy, like your last name, you know? The people that did this in the 80s, they weren't doing it just because, oh, they thought it was a cool hairdo. No, they were doing it because they were badass. <laughs> you know, if someone asks if you want extra... Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no, it's not about the hair. It's about the attitude. Hairdo. No, they were doing it because they were badass. You know, if someone asks if you want extra mayonnaise, you have to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even, that uh, is the definition of a badass. I love how he, he's like, not only am I going to wear this mullet, but I'm going to let it like be the driving force in all of my decisions. <laughs> well, uh, looks like we got uh, Jim Brewer calling in here, so we'll have to get back to this Jared Allen stuff later. Yellow. What's up, is this Sean? Yeah, Jim, uh, you're on the air, man. Thanks for calling in. What's up, Hammer? Hey, how's it going? Uh, you're in the green room. You're here with my buddy uh, Logan Lysico and uh, Casey Fay. Thanks for calling in, man. Well, thanks for having me, animals. Yeah, dude. Uh, uh, Jim's here calling in. He's going to be playing the Brea Improv this Thursday to Sunday. Make sure you check it out. Now, uh, I've been to the Brea Improv. It's a great place to play. Is it? Oh, yeah. Have you, have you ever been there? You know, I think I was there maybe, God, I want to say a long time ago, 10 years ago when I was still a little hazy. Yeah. <laughs> so those years are a little, uh, still a little cloudy for you? Some of those, yeah. I had a stretch there. <laughs> well, yeah, the uh, <laughs> the last time I was down there, I was uh, seeing Tracy Morgan. And, Tracy uh, Morgan? Yeah, Tracy Morgan, and he, like, half his set was just him walking around, like, uh, you know, trying to get oral sex from women in the front yeah, row. Somebody's going to get pregnant. <laughs> What's he doing after the show? You know, you be looking sexy. <laughs> you going to be looking sexy tonight. By the time you show over, somebody's getting pregnant. What's up, player? Wow. Next um, week I'll be working with Alec Baldwin, <laughs> and he's gonna be getting pregnant. <laughs> yeah, I love I love that's his go-to line is someone's getting pregnant or yeah, that's like his get her done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's so I, I read some, walking a bar, somebody get pregnant. <laughs> I uh, I read recently that people like walked out of a he had a Carnegie Hall set and uh, people walked out of it because they were it was it was too of a too much of a crazy set for them. They were expecting kind of more. Family-friendly Tracy Morgan. Yeah, right? no, he fla- he 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 definitely knows how to walk a room. It's <laughs> a good thing to have there. You know, people going, I can't wait. Maybe we can get an autograph. <laughs> Wouldn't that be exciting, Marge? <laughs> yeah, we're no- gonna see the fella who's on the NBC show. <laughs> yeah, I would. I Im- can't wait. I have backstage passes for him. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine they would be a little surprised when he's describing. Yo, I walk around in my living room naked, and I say to my sons, yo, when your penis get bigger than mine, you're out the house. <laughs> you know when you be bending over white girls, and you be telling them you'll be punching them upside their head and all that and pulling on their hair, and they be screaming? Yo, that's crazy. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> so now, Jim, I uh, I checked out your uh, Fresh Air special. I really dug it. It seems like now you kind of uh, <laughs> Fresh Air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you kind of uh, you kind of turned the corner. Like you decided. Like uh, it seemed to me from uh, you know researching for the interview and stuff. You were like, all right, I don't want this. I don't want to be my only legacy to be uh, half baked and the goat boy. Like, yeah, I like the characters. I had a lot of fun doing it. It was funny stuff. But I also kind of wanted. Do more Jim Brewer the person. Do some more like family stuff. Is that what you've been focusing on as far as you? Yeah, I got kids. I got uh, I got elderly parents to live with, so it's uh, you know that's where I'm at. So as long as I don't change, it ain't cheesy. 
It's like uh, the modern stuff I do. It's it's like Bill Cosby with a Metallica shirt on. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, I got a minivan, but the windows are tinted. <laughs> <laughs> you got some sweet rims on that minivan? That's right, Hammer. A big old fat muffler. <laughs> now, I notice uh, you talk about your dad a lot, and even in the DVD, you uh, you know, you talk to your dad and stuff. He was a World yeah. War II veteran. Um, yeah. Now, what's it, what's it like? Do you still take your dad out on the road? I know you had been yeah. taking him out for a while. Yeah, he's not coming to California because that flight's way too long. And, and he's at that stage where when he says he's got to go, <laughs> he, he ain't going to make it. And, and cleaning that, you know, I have no problem cleaning a two-year-old's behind, but 86-year-old man, I, it's not enough. There's not enough wet naps in the world to handle that situation. Now, and I've been, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Like now that you're in charge of changing your dad's diaper, is there ever like a weird conversation where you're like, "All right, dad, no, you're not having that. No, no, you're done drinking the beer. Like I don't want to take care of that. Like, do oh, you... that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Anywhere we go, he fasts for a week. I don't. <laughs> I keep him enslaved for three days. You could you clean that once. Those dry heaves are so bad, you lose one of your testicles, bro. I'm not even kidding. That is the most disturbing, nasty, gnarly thing to look at and smell I've ever experienced in my life. That's got to be a weird thing for him, though, too, right? I mean... Have... Yes, it is weird for him. It's weirder for me because I'm the one cleaning. I'm the one with the hand on the ass. Now, I... Uh... I see here, like you on your uh, on your website. Um, I saw this uh, video where you were breaking down your SNL audition tape. What is that like to like look at where you were and like where your characters were that that long ago, and then to kind of analyze it? You know, that was. You know, I, I never had time to reflect on all those days. So once I got the radio show, um, I had plenty of time to sit back and look. I seemed like a little. Little kid back then. It doesn't. Uh, it was just a blur. I wasn't even supposed to be on that show. It was. Now, what do you mean by that? You weren't supposed to be on Saturday Night Live. Well, that was the first time. That was the first time that NBC was trying to take over Saturday Night Live, and NBC wanted me to be on the show, and Lorne Michaels did not want me on there. Saturday Night Live went nothing, and I refused to audition for it. Oh. And they're like, no, no, no. It's brand new writers and. Brand new cast, you're gonna love it. I said, no, I no. So now that I, I I want nothing to do with that show. I never watched it as a kid. I didn't I didn't really get it. So you were saying there was a power struggle at the time, and you, it was a huge power struggle. And so when I finally auditioned for it, um, Lauren Michaels made a pretty loud and clear statement in the newspaper that I was written off just from auditioning. Wow. And so. You know, NBC then fought. They're like, no, he's going back. And, you know, that's two and a half months later, I finally got it after a couple meetings and coming to see me live. And it was, it was a long process. So by the time I got it, it I, I didn't have, it, it was about eight days before the first show. So I never had that, wow, this is great. I, I never even had time to think. And then once I got it, I had about six episodes to do something while I was fired. Wow. But did you grow to appreciate it? Because you were on there. I mean, you came in in that 95 class with a lot of really talented people, right? And I mean, Oh, it was a great cast. It was Will Ferrell and Molly Shannon and Daryl Hammond. It was a phenomenal cast. And uh, it was good. I made my mark, did what I had to do, and I got out of there. Now, I notice, um, or you, you've talked about it, that you weren't on the actual first episode where you're supposed to be on. You, The sketches <laughs> that you were supposed to be in ended up getting t- cut for whatever 
right. you know, time or whatever. But yeah. what did you feel like, oh, my God, you know, I had the show, and then now they're just not going to put me on the show? Like, was there kind of like, oh, shit? Feeling no, I started, I started feeling that way about the fifth episode. <laughs> the first one, I didn't care. About the fifth one, I was like, oh, man. They're just holding me off until the contract. I was contracted for nine episodes, and then they were going to make their cuts. And we were going into the sixth, and I wasn't on. And then out of the clear blue sky, I just, I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to hang out, be me. Yeah, that's and really... then I and I walked in the riot's room and I was just busting everyone's hump as Pesci. I was <laughs> like, "What are we going to sit in this room all day with a thumb up our asses? Who wants to eat? Let's go eat something. Who's up for something to eat?" Huh? <laughs> and then this little hippie guy, little hippie intern, was like, "Hey, man, you should do him on the update. That's hilarious." <laughs> and then and then uh, some writer overheard that and pow. There you I did go. that, and that, that saved me for about a year. And then by the end of the year, the Goat Boy came out, and, and then that was it. Nice. Now, I in uh, Tracy Morgan's book, he kind of talks about how Sherry O'Terry and Chris Kattan, they kind of talked down to him, and they, they weren't really, you know, very, you know, helpful when he was the new guy. Was there anyone that like that that kind of, you know, gave you a hard time, or was there anyone that took you under your wing when you first started out there? There was no one that really gave me a hard time, but at the same time... I really don't take it from people. Like I, I, yeah, I grew up in Long Island, blue collar, so if you give me an attitude, I give it right back. I really have no qualms with throwing stuff right out there. So I, I didn't have problems with anyone. I did later have um, uh, problems, I guess, with Catan. But that's all water under the bridge. <laughs> seems, seems like everyone had problems with Chris Kattan. Norm McDonald said stuff like Norm yeah. was the best. <laughs> now, now Norm McDonald to me, I'm a huge yeah. fan of his as well. He seems crazy to me, but kind of crazy in a whole different way. Like super smart guy who's way yeah. up in his own head. Like what? Yeah, was you he... just don't know where he's turning. Yeah, what was he like hanging out? I we really like Norm. No, me, Norm, Colin Quinn, Tracy. Pretty much the comedians hung out. All the, all the comedians got really hung out. We understood each other. The sketch guys were... They, they were a little far out. <laughs> They're in there. You know, sometimes they were... You know, sometimes Will, as as great as he is, he would, he would go in character and stay in it for like two weeks. <laughs> you know, was he, was was he Brando like or something? And they were like, all right, we, you know what? I can't imagine I Norm. It, you know, save it for the show, man. Yeah, I can't imagine Colin Quinn staying in character for uh, two no, weeks. No, as a matter of fact, towards the end, and Will was hilarious. Will would Will would be his characters, and he'd stay in character literally for like two weeks. And it's one of his last characters, who I think that's who he took Ron Burgundy from, was this really flamboyant artist, and he'd walk around. His name was Ron, and he wear these ridiculous yellow glasses and he'd always come to meet Tracy and Colin and kind of talk down to us and and we'd be like you know go get Will we'd be like, you know, I'll go look for Will but I don't know where he's at <laughs> so what we would do is then one day I mean this is you know it's all behind the scenes and the, the way we clown around is some people might take offense to this but the three of us then would pretend to grab him pull him in the alleyway and then rape him. <laughs> Who would take offense so to that? We're pulling off his pads and he's screaming for help. as Ron. We're not and, raping and him. Me, 
meet Colin or pretend beat him up and Tracy was the lookout. And Tracy would be like, hurry like, up, say me something. Say me some of that. That's probably the only time Tracy's been a lookout, I'm sure. <laughs> Now, yeah, I mean, uh, you talk about being from uh, blue collar, uh, coming from Long Island, and uh, you know, I always dug you on Saturday Night Live, but I think I really started digging your stuff on the radio. Um, yeah. I used to work at my uncle's hardware store. I'm originally from uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, so I would catch O and A in the afternoon, and yeah. you know, you would be coming in here talking uh, about you know working at the Sears and Valley Stream, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. dreaming to be of a, co- a comedian, and I just. Right. You know, I heard that, and I was like, wow, you know, this guy really did it. And, uh, you know, I always thought that was cool. Yeah, no, that was, that's why I like the radio. It just it showed a different face, and uh, that's why I stay on the radio. The radio is such a great, it, it's, that's the backyard of, of real guys hanging out. There's no ego. There's no, like, hey, uh, I was a goat on television. <laughs> just, you know, I'm just a guy. I still got to take out my garbage and put a stick around it. I still got I still got neighbors that I want to beat up once in a while. <laughs> still I, just that regular guy. That's cool. Now, uh, you talk about being a regular guy. You have uh, three daughters. And just from watching your special and from, you know, seeing your energetic characters and stuff like that, is it? I imagine it's got to be a great experience for your kids to have you as a dad. Like, are you the fun dad? Are you, like, the dad oh, that yeah. other kids are like, oh, let's go over to Brewer's uh, place, you know? His dad's crazy, man. <laughs> it is exactly what it is. They all come... I grew up, I lived on the street my whole life. And, I, and that's what our generation did. Our mom would open up the door and kick us out the yard yeah, and good. leave like a bowl of peanuts. <laughs> and when you're hungry, come back and eat it. Just be gone. Yeah. Play stickball. Yeah, we played all day long. And now, you know, you got all these putzes like, you want to play dates? <laughs> there's, there's people waiting to steal our children. <laughs> None of that. I don't buy that. What? And, so I bring, I teach these guys how to play. You know, with, in the last year, my kids are addicted to manhunt. Oh, great we play, game. We play manhunt, ghosts in the graveyard, yeah. build forts. We attack other neighbors. <laughs> I like that, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, now I, I, I have a quick uh, half-baked question. I, yeah. Um, in half-baked, in the trailer, I notice they have this. I know what you're going to say. The <laughs> um, answer is. I have no clue why they cut that scene out. Yeah, they have a you're scene. talking about when I was running. Yeah, and I and I jumped into the um, parking meter. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh my meds, man! <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm um, a, I'm a professional meter hopper, man. And- right, right. And I have no clue why they showed that, and they call me attractions because even when I went to go see it, I'm like, what? Where is that scene? <laughs> Where is that scene? Now I thought that was a, a really cool. <laughs> And I don't know if they put the scene in the DVD version, but it's one of those, um, the scene was we were all trying to figure out ways to make money to get Kenny out of jail. Yeah. And so, and so that was my thing. My thing was jumping meters. (laughs) So you were going to, we finally realized none of this stuff's working. So then, you know, the whole selling the weed thing came, came into fruition. We got to sell weed, man. (laughs) Well, uh, Jim, I uh, really appreciate the time, man. Uh, and uh, thank you, guys. Hope you come down. Brea. Brea Improv, Improv check it out. Night. And I, I know I got a lot of listeners in the Philadelphia area. Make sure you check out Jim uh, Wednesday, November 25th at the Keswick Theater. And check out JimBrewer.com. Thanks again, Jim. Thank you, guys. Thank Be you, good. Jim. All right, take care, take man. Care. 
All right. Well, uh, geez, we're kind of wrapped against time. What'd you think? Hey, for a guy who uh, loves Saturday Night Live and pizza, that's right there. You know, that's the jackpot. <laughs> that's what we have to say about that show. <laughs> that was it. All right, uh, Casey, where can people check you out? Uh, Funnierdie.com backslash cream, or every Thursday I run a show on LeBray and Sunset Crash Bar Improv. All right, Logan, uh, do you have a uh, haiku ready to go? Yes, I do. All right, let's do it. Casey Faye joins us. Jim Brewer telling stories. was pretty cool. <laughs> there you go. Everything you need to know about the show in haiku form. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, once again, thank you everyone for listening. Make sure you check out uh, SeanTGreen.com. And uh, yeah, actually we're planning on doing a live show uh, next Thursday, Thanksgiving. Uh, we got a lot of stuff planned for that. Very cool. So uh, make sure you tune into that and uh, see you next Thursday. for listening to The Green Room. Don't forget to check out SeanTGreen.com and make sure you check out LegalZoom.com for all of your self-help legal needs. Referral code GREEN for The Green Room discount. <laughs>